0: Following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. This is Full Court Press with Sumner County Sports Editor for Main Street Media, Zach Womble. Hey, everybody. Welcome into the first show of the new year. Happy New Year. This is Zach Womble coming to you live with the Full Court Press. Uh, I haven't seen you in a while. I've been on vacation, enjoying a little time away with the family. It's been really fun. It's been nice to kind of get away Uh, And just, you know, enjoy family time and kind of be away from work for a little bit. Um, I did, however, come back on Monday. So I have been at work since Monday. Unfortunately, though, I am under COVID protocols, meaning I have to stay at the house through at least Thursday, uh, assuming that I don't test positive for COVID, which I haven't. uh, So that is that is good. Uh, I am set to return uh, tomorrow to kind of. Get out of the house, get to some action. I know there was some action last night, played on the hardwood. I, unfortunately, clearly could not go to the, to any of those games. The main one being, of course, being Beach and Green Hill. But nevertheless, hey, I'm here. I'm ready for the new year, and I'm excited about the Full Court Press podcast. So let's just jump right into it. And that, of course, is going to be our Player of the Week segment that we do every week. Uh, it's a really fun opportunity for us here at Main Street Preps in Sumner County, in the full court press to honor these student athletes, uh, for their play on the field and, uh, just being good leaders. Like I said, on the field, on the court or, or off of it. And up first is Bailey Ford from beach high school. Uh, she scored 14 points last night in their 20 point victory over green hill. Of course, the 66 to 46 victory, uh, Bailey Ford able to get a lot of buckets on the inside and help the lady bucks get the victory. I know chance Elkins was acting as head coach last night beach assistant coach, uh, Head coach Lauren Elkins, I believe, was out. Uh, I don't know the exact reason, but I know that Chance was able to uh, guide his team to a victory. So the Beach Lady Bucks improving to eight and ten on the season. They really needed that win, coming off the next level tournament at CPA. So Bailey Ford, fourteen points for Beach in their twenty point victory. Staying with the Buccaneers, I'm looking at Eli Rice on the boys side. He dropped a cool twenty seven points last night in the Bucks. I believe it was sixty seven to fifty six victory over 11 and, and now 11-2 Green Hill. Green Hill, of course, uh, a really good basketball team, only two losses on the year. They've actually come to Sumner County a couple times this year and, and showed well, one time beating Hendersonville uh, before I went on the break. So a very good win for Beach. I know that it was a back-and-forth game. I believe it was tied at 30 at one point, and then Beach dominated the third, dominated the fourth, and eventually it turned into a dunk-fest a dunk, a dunk fest as the Bucs were able to pull away uh, with the victory to improve to 19-0 on the season. So two players of the week, Bailey Ford, Eli Rice, congratulations to those. And listen, hey, if you're watching this, if you're an advertiser out there and you want to be a part of high school basketball and you want to be a part of Sumner County Sports, reach out to us. Let us know. We can get you on the sponsorship. We can get you a package, and that way we can shout you out across all our platforms uh, at any given time. Looking at our our 2-2-1, which is, you know, two games, two players and one winner. Um, You know, JP, who is our producer of the show, always on the ones and twos, doing a great job for us behind the scenes on the show today. He asked me, he said, Zach, you know, where did this come from? And, uh, you know, we come up with the full court press name. And I was just thinking, like, what can I incorporate on an everyday segment that kind of encapsulates the full court press name? And I thought, what better than an actual full court press? I decided to go with the 2-2-1, which again is two games, two players, and one winner for the week that I'm looking at. And this week, my two games is going to be good ones, okay? The first one on Friday, I suggest you come to if you can. You've got Pope Prep versus Father Ryan. These two schools obviously are huge rivals. Um... That is obviously – that goes without saying. Uh, this is the first time these two teams have met. I believe it is their third uh, district game of the year for them. Now, Division Two, unlike the public schools in Sumner County, had started their district play uh, in December. So they've actually had a couple games under their belt. Pope Prep actually won at Lipscomb Academy on Tuesday – well, yesterday. Um, I don't remember the final score, but I, I believe it was by single digits. Nevertheless, improves them to 11-4 and four on the season – Father Ryan also having a really good year at 10-4. So I expect that boys game to be a really, really fun matchup. I haven't had the opportunity to see Pope Prep this year. So I'm, I'm really excited to see Charles Wade and his bunch. I know Tristan Conger, the point guard, a senior, is doing really well for them. Connor turiff can shoot the lights out. Uh, Father Ryan has got athletes of their own. I don't exactly know them uh, by name, unfortunately, just yet. But I got a feeling I will know them uh, after Friday. But that is my first game that I'm really looking forward to. I think it's going to be a good one. So if you've got an opportunity, uh, maybe maybe some other teams, maybe your favorite teams on the road, and you're just looking for a high school basketball game to attend in Sumner County, I would suggest you come out to Pope Prep and see that really, really fun matchup between them and the Fighting Irish. And then my second game uh, is actually next week. It's next Tuesday. It is uh, beach, for, beach at Station Camp. And I'll get into my two players and my one winner because it all kind of goes with this. Um, but that's just a game that was that was obvious. And it's obvious because my two players that I'm looking at, Tyler Moore and Eli Rice, returned to station camp. When I say return, I mean they left the Bison program over the offseason to enroll in Beach. They moved into the Beach Zone and have, of course, been playing really good basketball for Kit Brown uh, and, and leaving station camp. And, and, you know, I don't necessarily want to get into the details of why they left station camp because I don't know the details for 100%. There's there's always multiple sides to every story, and I haven't had, heard all sides. Nevertheless, they're gone. They're playing for Beach now, and they're doing a really good job, Tyler Moore and Eli Rice. But the reason they're my two players to watch for is because they're returning. They're returning to the school that they left. They're going to play in front of that student body that they spent so many years in front of playing for, cheering on and things of that nature. So I think it would be misguided not to use those as my two players to look out for this week. Uh, they're probably going to have a chip on their shoulder. They're probably going to want to show uh, Station Camp what they lost and, and kind of what they're providing Beach. Like I said, Beach 19-0 and 0 at this point. They don't play on Friday. Their next game is that Tuesday game. So an opportunity to get to 20-0 on the season, winning at Station Camp, I'm sure is something that those two, uh, along with the entire team, but those two in particular, Eli Rice and Tyler Moore, I'm sure are very much looking forward to. And I'm sure their families are looking forward to them just going back to that gym and and just, you know, putting their talents on display for everyone to see. Uh, that, Like I said, that leads into my one winner for this week, which is the Beach Boys over Station Camp. Listen, the Beach Boys, 19-0. And, you know, you're looking at that record and you're thinking, have they played anybody? Do they have any good wins? They do have good wins. They have played some really good teams. They've played in some tournaments, whether that be in Fort Walton Beach, Florida, whether that be in their own Christmas tournament, beating, C- beating a team like CPA in the finals. They beat Pope John Paul in Florida in their finals. Uh, Pope John Paul happens to be the second best team in my rankings, which I'll get into later in this show. But nevertheless, they have played some teams. They're 19-0, looking to go to 20-0. So I've got them winning uh, at station camp this week, uh, Over, like I said, over the Bison to improve the 20-0. But that said, uh, you know, Station Camp, they're, they're doing the best they can with what they've got. They lost their three best players um, this offseason, including those two. And then Isaiah Davis, who, who enrolled at Nashville Christian School. So it's been tough go for them. It's been it's been tough sledding. Uh, ben Ogan has been their leading scorer night in and night out. Uh, Grady Parsons has done a really good job for them. But, you know, when you lose two scores like Eli Rice and Tyler Moore, and then you throw in a guy like Eli... Uh, Isaiah Davis, it's just going to be a tough a tough year for you. So that's why I've got the beach kind of winning easily on the road at Station Camp. So that's my 2-2-1. Two, two, uh, if you missed any of it, it, of course, it goes. My two games are Pope John Paul, Father Ryan, Beach at Station Camp, my two players, Eli Rice and Tyler Moore, and then my one winner, the Beach Boys over Station Camp. Moving into our rankings this week, uh, it's, you know, like I said, I haven't seen basketball in two weeks. I know they played in some tournaments, so this these rankings really could be a toss-up. Minus the first teams that I've got for both the girls and boys, but outside of that, if you're looking, you know, down the list two through nine, I mean, you could really interchange a lot of them. And I'm sure there's going to be some change over these next couple of weeks. But how I'm looking at it right now, looking at the girls' side of things, you of course got Westmoreland. Uh, number one at thirteen and three, they have beaten everybody that they have played in Sumner County, including Beach twice, including Gallatin, uh, including Portland. So, you know, Westmoreland it was an easy choice. Led by, of course, Elena Echel, who was going to Ander- Anderson University next fall. Uh, Elena, a really good player. Don't don't let Anderson University fool you. Uh, she had she had offers from the likes of Memphis, Tennessee Tech, Lipscomb. I mean, anybody big in Division one that you can think of she had interest from or offers from but she you know cited that she wanted to to attend a small christian university which is why she landed on anderson university so uh they're going to get a standout next year but she is doing a really really good job with this westmoreland team this year leading them to 13-3 and ej perry and the lady eagles are poised to make a run at a region championship you know outside of york institute um I don't know if they're going to be challenged all that much in, in their region tournament. You know, they're in a 14 district, so that means they're automatically going to move on to the region tournament. And I just don't know if they're going to be tested there either. And so you get to a point where you're in the sub-state game and you're one game away from getting to the state tournament and anyone, anything can happen in one game, uh, whether that be, you know, playing an East Nashville or a Maplewood or, or somebody like that. Um, I think this is a really good opportunity for E.J. Perry and his, and his team to build some momentum over the second half of the season because their district to be honest with you really isn't that tough um and so they could get to 20 wins maybe 25 wins before they go into their region tournament and like I, I really think that they have a really good opportunity to get to the state tournament so they are a team certainly to keep an eye on if you're a fan of just summer county basketball as a whole but if you're a fan of just westmoreland you've got to be excited for this season because uh, this is your opportunity. This is your chance to make some noise and get to that big dance. Get to the glass house and potentially cut down the nets. Uh, running down the list here, uh, we got Gallatin at ten and six, and then Hendersonville at ten and five. Station Camp at nine and five, and Pope Prep at nine and five. Those that group of, of teams uh, are part of the group of teams that I was saying could be interchanged at any point. I mean, they're separated by one game, and you just don't know because they haven't played each other. They've played. Um, They played in tournaments. They played old district foes, whether that be like a Green Hill or a Wilson Central. Teams they'll see in the region but are no longer in their district anymore. Um, and, and And the reason I've got them situated that I do is because, say like Gallatin fared better against Green Hill than both Hendersonville and Beach did or Hendersonville Station Camp or vice versa with Wilson Central. So, again, you're looking at Gallatin, Hendersonville Station Camp. Those could all be interchanged. And then moving down the list, of Pope Prep and Beach. Pope Prep nine and five. Beach eight and ten. Beach getting a win last night that they desperately needed, a twenty point win over Green Hill. Um, you know, I I know I feel like I know more about Beach than I do Pope Prep, but hey, Pope Prep's got a, a game over Beach. They're nine and five. You know, they've got some good district wins under their under their belt, and so that's why I've got them one slot ahead of the Lady Bucks. But that said. Um, That could change at any point. You know, Bethany Howard, probably the best player for for Pope Prep. Brie Ellis, probably the best player for Beach. Uh, I would say they probably cancel each other out. Maybe Brie Ellis is a little bit better uh, just simply because, you know, she can pull up from distance. She can shoot from long range. She can go off the dribble. Bethany Howard does a lot of her damage, um, what I like to call scrap points, offensive rebounds, uh, getting in the low blocks, things like that. Um, so if, I guess if I had to choose maybe who was a little bit better, I'd probably go with Bree over Bethany. But that said, uh, I'm still putting Pope Prep over Beach simply because they're 9-5. Beach, 8 eight wins, 10 losses. Maybe they played a tougher schedule, but nevertheless going with Pope Prep uh, in that 5 seed. And then moving down the list, you've got White House at 8-8, eight and eight, Portland at 4-13, and 13, and Merrill Hyde at 3-7. and seven. I don't think those are interchangeable at all. Um, White House and Portland and Westmoreland, they've all played. White House has beaten both of them. In um, Portland, while they are 4-13, and 13, I definitely think they're better than Merrill Hyde at 3-7. and 7. Uh, Merrill Hyde, you know, they, they lost their best player from gra- to graduation last year, so they're still trying to, um, you know, figure out who they are in, in a sense. And so at 3-7, and 7, I've got the Lady Hawks at, at my number 19 uh, from our Sumner County rankings for uh, January 5th, 2022. Question over to the boys. Uh, I don't think there's any surprise when I say this, but the beach, the beach boys basketball team, nineteen zero, my number one team here in Sumner County. They just got off a, a, a big win over Green Hill, a tough win over Green Hill. They haven't lost yet. You know, I was talking to I was talking to a coworker about this, and do you want if if you're a fan of beach, just a fan of Sumner County basketball, and you want to see Sumner County basketball advance as far as they can. Do you want to see Beach lose? You know, I know. You know that conversation or that 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 topic always comes up when you're looking at, say, like professional teams or college teams. It's like, should we go ahead and get a loss out of the way uh, because we don't want a loss creeping up at the wrong time? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't really know. You know, I mean, I think you just want to keep winning, um, and, and you never want to lose because maybe that that shakes your confidence. But the thing about Beach is, and the thing about Kit Brown, their head coach, is. Win or loss, he always takes advantage of the opportunities to show them where they're struggling, and I think that is probably their their biggest uh, their their biggest I guess point into thinking that they can make a real run is their head coach keeps them accountable. He allow he allows them to enjoy their success, but he also reels them in a bit and says, "Hey guys, listen, maybe you lost the rebounding battle. Maybe you turned the ball over too much. Maybe you you took a bad shot in transition." Maybe he didn't make the extra pass. Kip Brown's the kind of coach that will find those things and point those out in practice. So 19-0, I don't think you should be worried at all about Beats not having a loss on their schedule. And to be quite honest with you, after that Green Hill win, if you're looking at their schedule, if they don't lose at Station Camp or they don't lose at at Hendersonville or they don't lose at at Gallatin, I just don't know if they're going to lose in the regular season. And I don't know if they lose in the district tournament and if they don't lose in the region tournament, you're looking at a 34-0 Beach Buccaneer team hosting a sub-state game with a chance to get to the state tournament for the first time since 2010. Um, I, I've tried to find my research. I don't know if there have been any undefeated teams getting in from Sumner County getting into the state tournament. Maybe there has been. I, I want to say, like I said, I, I'm not 100% sure, but I want to say maybe one of Bobby Luna's first teams from Gallatin was undefeated getting into the state tournament, but I don't know if they will have had as many wins. I, I believe that Gallatin team might've been 31-0 and 0 going into the state tournament. And if Beach goes undefeated, they would be 34-0, obviously playing more games. So uh, potentially getting a second undefeated team into the state state tournament, I have to double check on that. But if it were to happen, it would certainly be the, uh, the team with the most victories getting into the state tournament uh, on the boys' side. So. That said, Beach Buccaneers, 19-0, Eli Rice, Christian Shaw, Jackson Long, Braden Brinkley, uh, Andrew Page, you name it. Those boys can play some basketball. They can put the the, the ball in the hoop. So uh, had no problems putting them as my number one team uh, for the boys' side. And then my my second team is a team that Beach beat in their tournament in Florida, and that's Pope Prep. They're 11-4. Uh, they've had a really good season this year. Uh, they actually beat Lipscomb Academy uh, on the road yesterday. That's a really good win. Over a good Mustang side, and they have got a big, big test on the or at home this Friday against Father Ryan that I mentioned earlier in my two games to look at. Uh, I just think Pope Prep has played really well. Tristan Conger, one of the best point guards in the county, uh, him and Tyler Moore from Beach are are neck and neck as far as like who's the best. Uh, you know, unfortunately, I wasn't able to see that game. I know I know Beach won pretty handily. I don't know how the point guard matchup. I don't know how I don't know how the matchups win. I just saw the final score. Uh, and saw that Beach was able to win by nearly 20. Uh, but I think those two, uh, Tristan Conger, is two of the best in the county, and I, I don't think there's any debate about that. And then you're looking, like I said, at a guy like Connor Turff, who, who can shoot the lights out, who can put up 30 and, and really stroke it from long range. He's capable, of making five, six, seven threes in a game, if not more. Uh, I think Pope Prep is rolling at 11-4 and four right now, and, and I'm anxious and interested to see how they shake out in their league play because, you know, when you're playing against teams like CPA, Father Ryan, Brentwood Academy, Montgomery Bell Academy, that's tough. I mean, that's that's a really hard schedule. So uh, they've built up some wins earlier this year, but uh, seeing how they do against region foes will, will, will go a long way in determining kind of how I feel about them and just kind of how far I think they can go. Uh, running down the list, you've got Hendersonville at 10-5, and five, Portland at 10-6, and six, and Gallatin at 8-7. and seven. Portland and Hendersonville having really good years this year. Uh, on the first episode of this season, I actually had Daryl Travis on the show to talk about just kind of his team start. What's what's kind of been working for them? They're playing really good basketball. You know, they played in Kentucky at a, at a tournament after Christmas. Um, they were able to get a win last night over Westmoreland. So, like I said, Portland is is rolling right now, and, and they've got high expectations for this new district that they're in, and they should have high expectations because I think they're a really oiled. A really well-oiled machine, and I think they're they're uh, poised to make a real run at it. Uh, Gallatin, eight and seven. They got a two-point win on the road last night at Wilson Central. I'm still unsure about them. Uh, they play pretty good defense, but their offense hasn't caught up yet. So I'm just really not sure how to feel about Gallatin just yet. And then six through nine, you've got Station Camp at six and ten, White House at four and twelve, Westmoreland at two and ten, and Merrill Hyde at two and seven. I know that Merrill Hyde beat White House earlier in the season before Christmas, but I'm still putting the Blue Devils as my number seven team in the county. Um, they'll get a chance to play them again the last game of the season, and I'd imagine that White House will have revenge on their minds for the point of loss on the road at Merrill Hyde. Uh, and then, like I said, Westmoreland sandwiched in there at eight at two and ten overall. So uh, that's just kind of how I see the, the ranking shake out through – you know, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19 games. Uh, some teams, of course, have played more games than the other. But um, that's just kind of ha- how I see it shaking out. Again, this can 100% change next Wednesday when I when I come to you again with the next episode of the Full Court Press. But as of right now, that's just kind of how, how I've seen the rankings shake out here in Sumner County. Closing out the show today, we're going into overtime. Uh, we're not going to get overtime every week. But we're going to get overtime this week. And the reason we're going to get overtime is I have to get something off my chest. As you can see, I am a Tennessee football fan through and through. And of course, I want to get the Music City Bowl off my chest. I haven't had an opportunity to talk to anyone about this. And maybe I have a different take than some Tennessee fans. Uh, And that is this. Yes, obviously, the the non-touchdown touchdown at the end in overtime should have counted. Without a doubt, it should have counted, you know, and, oh, what about you can't pull your teammate? Well, that's fine. If you want to throw a flag on him pulling the teammate, it still resets the down, and you get an opportunity at fourth down, and potentially Tennessee kicks a field goal It gives it back to Purdue, who, guess what, kicked the field goal. Would that go to a second overtime? I'm not sure, but I just feel like the refs hurt us there. That game had five, six, seven overtimes written all over it, in my opinion. But I don't think it's the reason Tennessee lost the football game. I think it's what everyone will point at as to why they lost, but I don't I don't think that's why. I don't know if you could ever blame referees on why you lose a game because there are opportunities throughout that contest that allow you to win the game. Tennessee was up 21 to spin after the first quarter. They got blew out in the second quarter, third quarter, and eventually started to make it run toward the end of the third and, of course, the fourth uh, to where it made it a ball game, but you're up 21 to seven. Not only that, terrible, terrible, terrible clock management from the Tennessee staff uh, at the end of the game. Yes, there was a holding a holding penalty that was not called on Cedric Tillman that would have put them in field goal range. But you know what? Outside of that, run different plays. You threw how many bombs at the end zone when in reality you needed what five, six, seven yards. And you had the time, you had the timeouts to do it. So what was what was the coaching staff thinking? I have no idea. But the refs, they will and should get a lot of the blame for that loss. But Tennessee, make no mistake about it, they lost that game on their own. Tennessee is the reason they lost that game. They had the opportunity to close it out. You're up twenty-one to seven at the end of the four, first quarter. You lay an egg in the second quarter. You miss three touchdowns. Um, and so yes, the the refs had a play, had a part to do with it. But they are not the reason Tennessee lost, and I just had to get that off my chest. And I'm sure there are a ton of Tennessee fans that disagree with me, and that's fine. That's fine. You can disagree with me all you want. You don't have to look in the mirror and tell yourself the truth that your favorite football team is the reason they lost that game. Uh, Like I said, the refs will will catch a lot of the blame, and they should, but they're not the end-all, be-all as to why they lost. And then the second thing I want to talk about in overtime, Tennessee Titans. Hey, we potentially get back Derrick Henry for next week. You know, will he play? Will he not play? Will they rest him? You know, what are they doing there? Uh, My thoughts are are this. If you have the opportunity to play him 10 snaps, play him 10 snaps, play him 15 snaps, let him get hit. Let him knock that rust off a little bit. Let him take a handoff from Tannehill. Let him hit the hole. Let him get in the open field. Just allow him to kind of get back in that groove of playing live football because I don't know – that, okay, so say the Titans win. You get an extra bye week because you're the number one seed, right? I don't know if you just want to throw Derrick Henry out there in the first round in the divisional round after not playing since Halloween. I think you want to get some hits on him. And and I don't know if people agree with me on that. That's fine if you don't. Uh, It's fine if you do. But I just think if you have the opportunity to get him some live reps, whether that's 5, 10, 15 snaps, whatever it is, allow him to take a handoff from Tannehill, allow him to see the hole, allow him to get hit low, allow him, you know, just to take that, take that initial hit. And because, you know, if you played football, you understand that, you know, you just need to get hit that first good time before you really get into the floatings. I believe AJ Brown cited that in his first game back, but he was just anxious to get hit for the first time so he could get back in the groove. And I think that's how you should treat Derrick Henry, uh, assuming that he is able to, to go. So, um, two things here in the overtime period Tennessee Vols loss on them Tennessee Titans play Derrick Henry a couple snaps this weekend at Houston if you're able they've got good turf uh, and you're able to just get him some reps and, and and get him some action and get him ready for that divisional run and of course that run to the Super Bowl which we all hope happens as Tennessee Titans fans and that'll do it for this episode of the Full Court Press. Uh, you know, it's first episode of the new year. Super glad to be back, knocking a little bit of rust off. So I appreciate you kind of working working with me through that as we do that. You see the uh, you see the basketball goal there hanging up on the door. It's always basketball season here in the Womble household. So uh, you know, I don't know where I'm going to see you next, but I hope I see you soon. And if you do. Please come say hi. Let me know if you like the show. Let me know if you don't like the show. I'm open to criticism. um, But either way, I'll see you soon in the bleachers, on the hardwood, and I look forward to next week's episode of the Full Court Press. This has been Full Court Press with Sumner County Sports Editor for Main Street Media, Zach Womble. Follow Zach on Twitter, at Zach Womble MSP and online at MainStreetPreps.com.